0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Are you finished faffing around that year? I hope so. Mel better not make any noise. Hello and welcome. I better take a breath. Hello. Hello and welcome to Not Without My Sister. Today we're going to talk about How nice it is to be unwanted in your own home, and how (laughs) eavesdropping. Yes, and how eavesdropping really never benefits you. You know, ever. I've decided. So I'll tell you, Rosemary. Go on.
3: Well, I was just going to say, like, before we get started, is there a line between eavesdropping and simple having ears and being in a space? Well, I'm about to tell you all about that.
2: It's called just just existing in your own home and being accused of eavesdropping. I'm. I'm Rosemary McCabe, I was about to say. I'm Beatrice McCabe. (laughs) I'm Rosemary McCabe. Joined here by my sister, Rosemary McCabe, who can't wait for me to make an introduction. And we are
3: Not Without My Sister. And if you like Not Without My Sister and you'd like more Not Without My Sister, you'd like never to be without my sister and me, you could join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash notwithoutmysister, where for five euro a month, you get an extra episode each and every Friday and you'll get this episode without any pesky ads.
2: All right. So this morning, I, I may be a little bit slow this morning because I have been up all night with the dog who kept jumping on the bed, on me, licking my face. And at one point, I actually trapped her arms, like I actually laid her down beside me and held her arms really tight, like in a bear hug so that she would go to sleep thinking she'll love this. She, readers, listeners, <laughs> she didn't love it. I was just about to say... Well, no, I think she really, she starts thinking she's been played with. So then she was like trying to lick me in the face, which you know I absolutely despise.
3: Oh, yeah. You don't like that.
2: I mean, I love the dog, but don't lick me in the face. You know, every time
3: I try to lick you in the face, you totally freak out.
2: I was just about to say, in general, in life, it's a good rule. Don't lick me in the face, right? I'm not Brittany. Don't lick me up the leg either.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Poor Brittany. So anyway, I got up early then and Nash goes to school really early. Here in, in Indiana, middle school starts actually at a much more reasonable hour now of eight o'clock, whereas it used to be at 7.30, but this year now it's eight o'clock. So at 6.30, I hear him going downstairs. Dog wants to go out. So I was like, I'll go down anyway. So I go down. Mom, what are you doing up? I'm like, oh, good morning to you too, beautiful child. He's like, you could go back to bed. I'm like, no, no, I mean, I'm wrecked. And I was like, no, no, I mean, I've been up all night. The dog won't let me go to sleep. And she keeps. And I keep putting her outside and then she just stands there. Staring in the window at me. There's actually nothing
3: more annoying. No.
2: So I was like, maybe she's hungry. So I gave her some food, brought her back inside, and then sat down beside Nash. And Nash's like, why is the dog staring at you? I'm like, I don't know. Like, the dog's staring at me like it's like a joke. She's just standing (laughs) on the other side of the sitting room, just like staring at me like I'm her worst enemy. So then uh, I go upstairs to get my phone and, you know, a couple of things, bits and bobs. And I hear Nash going to his dad, like, Then mom came down and I was like, mom, you can go, why is mom even down? Why is mom even down? Why doesn't mom go back to bed? Mom doesn't need to be down. I I need some alone time. Mom can go back upstairs. She can be on her computer. She can do it. Why can't she do that in her room? I come back downstairs. Mom, stop eavesdropping. I'm like, what? Like I'm literally living in my own house, just hearing you speak at a normal volume (sighs) apart from anything else.
3: I would also like to say the sound carries very well in your house from down to up. So if you're upstairs, I feel like you can hear everything. If you're downstairs and somebody's shouting at you from upstairs, you can't hear a lot. It's weird. It
2: does. Well, actually, it's true because last night I went to bed really early and mom was downstairs listening to a podcast in the city room. She like, oh, very so you can hear now. every word. Yeah, or maybe it was Orty
3: Player. I'm not sure. But anyway, it was Amy Huberman being interviewed. Oh, sh- sorry, that's a podcast. She was listening to Darren Gary's The Laughs of My Life. And I have to say, I feel very betrayed. She's only allowed to listen to our podcasts.
2: Oh, is that what she was? That, was that who it was, yes. Darren interviewing Amy Huberman? Well,
3: interviewing Amy Huberman
2: And I realized maybe like my alleged hatred of other women comes from mom. Because I was listening to like a very normal conversation. I just, these two would, they just stop giggling. And I said, mom, this seems like real (laughs) hatred of women. I said, like you say about me and Rosemary as well. Yeah. I said, you seem to hate the fact that they're having a great chat. I mean, listen to this. Every five seconds. I can't even concentrate on what they're saying. I said... Mom, like if it was two men, I said, would you ever say that about two men laughing? Would you ever say, I wish these two men would stop giggling? I said, it's so insulting to women.
3: What did she say? It's
2: ridiculous. Listen to the giggles. <laughs> 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 they were doing an awful lot of laughing, but also the volume was really high because, yeah, because A, the sound carries and B, the volume was really way too loud.
3: Because mom's hearing is perfect.
2: But she's been listening to this particular episode, honestly, for, I mean, oh, I, I know. can't even tell you a week. She was listening to it
3: in my house the other day, same episode. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she has to listen to it several it? times over because of all the giggling.
2: Oh yeah, maybe she's trying to, she's trying to find, oh, Jesus,
3: it's still giggling again. And then she's talked over it. She's missed a bit. She's rewind. <laughs> okay. So, so I think, right, you're correct. That's not eavesdropping. That was being in your house and hearing a conversation. Being a parent. Oh well, yeah. But if he had been in the office with Don, with the door closed, speaking low, and you'd been outside the door with your ear to the door, that's definitely eavesdropping, right? I would never do that. No, well, I didn't think you would, but I'm just trying. I'm just trying to say the difference. Like, I think if you're on the bus, right, and you have your earphones in, and suddenly you hear somebody having an argument, and you mute your sound, that's also eavesdropping. Because I don't know. I mean, let's go back listening. to
2: me pressing my ear up against the office door, theoretically, hypothetically. I don't think that's eavesdropping. Eavesdropping is more like I'm accidentally overhearing like, and deliberately listening in. But I don't think there's an intentionality to it. Whereas like pressing your ear up to the office door, in my opinion, is spying.
3: Whereas I thought eavesdropping was intentional. Like, that's the whole difference between eavesdropping and overhearing is that if you're eavesdropping, you are purposely listening in. Let's let's look it up.
2: I mean, you're probably right. I just mean in in like the the actual application of it in real life, if you were to say to me, oh, I was eavesdropping on this conversation. It seems like I was just sitting there and the conversation was happening and I started to listen like in an office. But if you like walked up to somebody's office and like stood outside the door like a stalker so that you could hear everything that was said, that to me is not eavesdropping. I mean, A, it's psychotic, right? But that would be, (laughs) (laughs) that would not be eavesdropping. That would be. Yeah, that would be stalking and listening.
3: Well, Oxford says that to eavesdrop is to secretly listen to a conversation. So my earphones thing, I think applies because people who look at you think you're on your, think you're listening to music, but you're secretly listening to the conversation.
2: I don't, That's not a great definition. Now, is there another one from any other dictionary? Because I feel like secretly could be still though, like not, like you didn't plant yourself there with the intent of listening. You happened upon. scenario and now you are deliberately listening because it piqued your interest whereas to me like if, if you were upstairs and Brandon was downstairs like sometimes I hear mother and father talking about something that you have said about me and I immediately still any movements and try to listen over the cacophony of noise that is in my house and usually I can't I can just hear dad's tone of voice from upstairs right which which tells me that he is He's speaking of something that he considers to be secret because he his voice instead of going oh like, you
3: know it's very obvious yeah it
2: goes sound like an
3: Ewok so merriam Webster expands further on this and says to listen secretly to what is said in private and then says to listen in secret to a private conversation so the conversation must be private. You mm-hmm. must be listening in secret. But I do think that the intentionality, you must be listening on purpose in secret to a private conversation.
2: But it's more at least, you know what I'm trying to say though, is that like, it's like you, your examples are not, I went over with the intent of listening. It's like I was sitting
3: on the bus and I heard a conversation that was interesting. But- The thing that I think takes that from overhearing to to eavesdropping is the muting of the headphones on purpose to secretly listen to what is being said. Although it's not in private if it's on the bus. No,
2: no, that's, well, yes, it's not in private. And it's not in private if it's in the office, right? So actually neither one of those. Well. Like in an open office I'm talking about, like not inside an enclosed office.
3: Okay, but I'm talking about a closed office. If somebody purposely goes in there for the express reason of having a conversation, I would consider that private.
2: Oh, yeah, sorry, you're mis- you're misunderstanding me. My example was in an open office oh. where you hear a coworker's chat. Okay, I
3: thought you meant and you in immediately a closed office.
2: Mutu- yes, but in a closed office, then you're obviously a whack job because nobody can walk into a closed office and be like, I'm just here to no, listen. No, no, Well, Secretly. I meant the right? Right. I meant the ear to secret. the door.
3: That's the secret part. Yeah, but
2: like if you walked along an office corridor and saw somebody with their ear up against the door, that's not eavesdropping. That's a fireable offense. I would immediately
3: go, oh, sorry, my cheek was really itchy and this wood's got a great grain for scratching.
2: <laughs> now, now I'm thinking that there must be two different types of eavesdropping. There is inadvertent eavesdropping, right? Which is, oh, there's a great juicy conversation happening here. Mute. And then there's stalker eavesdropping. And eavesdropping seems like not a... Eavesdropping sounds to me casual in its huh. intensity whereas stalking and pressing your cheek up against the door and then scratching it and looking like Amy Schumer Oh, I'm just just scratching my face here on the on the on the post of the door don't mind me wasn't listening at
3: all to Bob and Sally in here having a <sighs> super private chat Bob and Sally God every office <laughs> in your imagination is in the 70s isn't it Well actually now that I say that I did
2: have um, co-workers with very similar names but I wasn't thinking of them at all anyway so so now I have decided that there are two different, so there's there's not malicious, but there's sinister eavesdropping, now known as eavesdropping, and there's just casual eavesdropping, known as keavesdropping. Now they both sound like different types of goat turds, so actually I've changed my mind. <laughs> we just called it eavesdropping, but I want two different definitions, because they're different.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. I'm trying to think, have I ever sinisterly eavesdropped on anyone? I did get casually eavesdropped on one time in public when I was bitching about someone. I was in HMV with, I think it was either my friend Emer or my friend Emma, and I was bitching about another one of our friends. And basically, not even bitching, but I was like, oh, well, no, it was bitching. I was like, oh, she really annoyed me. She did X, she did Y. And this girl, and I'll never know if she was telling the truth, who was also in HMV, walked up beside me and went, she's my cousin, so you can stop bitching about her. Yeah, and I was, to say I lived my life in fear for the next six weeks, waiting for this cousin to call this girl and tell her about this, but I never knew, (laughs) (laughs) she never mentioned it and I never knew if it was, if if it was somebody just like taking the piss, which is funny.
2: Okay, there's also online, there's also Cyber Eavesdropping, which uh, I read some great poetry by Bo this week, my nine-year-old.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, mom and dad told me.
2: last Last year, found an entire book, absolutely brilliant, School. You go in as a kid, you come out as Einstein. He's wasting no words. Some <laughs> of them are brilliant. But anyway, there's a whole one about bullying. Oh, And let's not forget, no cyber bullying, S-I-B-E-R. So similarly, no cyber eavesdropping. So have you ever, so I remember a book that made a great impact on me, and I have two copies of them around the house because I've bought it multiple times in an attempt to get the children to read it. A Corn of Thorns and Roses. James Cormier. no. I do have two of those as well. James Cormier, Fade, about a young man, a young, I don't know, like teenager? Yeah, adolescent. Yes, in whose family runs the superpower of turning invisible. And he imagines it's going to be wonderful, but it turns out to be quite the burden because what people say to your face and what people say behind your back and how people act when there's nobody around is not necessarily like... They're not necessarily their best selves in those moments. And he's very, becomes very delusion, delusioned, becomes very disillusioned, deluded, disillusioned. Thanks a lot. Jesus, I told you I was tired. Very disillusioned by, by this power or ability. Mm. Um, have you ever overheard accidentally, have you ever overheard somebody like gushing praise for you or have you ever overheard, like, is it ever positive to eavesdrop about yourself? 'cause this morning for example it wasn't. I wish mom would go upstairs and leave me alone and get out of the way why is she in the
3: sitting room that she owns. Well at least at least he wasn't like that ugly bitch.
2: Oh well he was when well, he wasn't like that ugly bitch but he was more like that pain in the arse. She won't let us play games in the morning that's the big thing, you know?
3: Listen if I had my way they wouldn't even watch TV in the morning. Turns them into little nightmares and they would eat their never breakfast. Play
2: games. <laughs> if I had my way they'd never <laughs> if leave their rooms. If I had rooms. my way there would be in it. There'd never be any games. Their games, Game consoles would just vanish in a puff of smoke. Oh
3: yeah, actually it would be much better, wouldn't it? They'd be in much better moods, they yeah. just don't realise it.
2: That's a superpower I'd like, Canis's finger snap, so I could just banish random items to
3: another universe, to the multiverse. <laughs> you know, you probably, like, as the mom, you probably could do that without snapping. You could just pick them up and take them. You have that power.
2: I have done that, but there's also a dad. I know,
3: I know, I know. And there's also, like they're friends and they're like, it's part of their social circle as well as playing games together. Isn't it?
2: Yeah. Well, and since the pandemic, I think as well, that's a huge way that, that they communicate, yeah. you know, like um, online games. And so, but this, this stupid conversations.
3: Oh, listen, I know.
2: Bob, 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 I'm over here. Bob, Bob, Bob. You killed me, Bob. You killed me.
3: <laughs> Stop throwing fire at me. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. It's so annoying. I mean, anyway,
2: my, my- my beautiful angelic five-year-old. You do that again, I'm gonna burn your house down. <laughs> like, oh my god.
3: <laughs> good for him sticking up for himself. Um I'm I know, I definitely have never eavesdropped or overheard something that was good about myself. I'm thinking of a few scenarios in which I saw or heard something I shouldn't have seen or heard. There was a time in my workplace when a colleague asked me to check something on their computer. And I happened to see a me- like an instant message they had sent to another colleague of ours basically giving out about me. Not like, <gasps> it was it was nothing major. It was just like, oh my God, she's really taking her time with this, right? But at the time I was like, <laughs> <"Fuck> that bitch.
2: <laughs> you were like, you were half chewing on your croissant, piping hot cup of coffee in hand, like, how dare yeah. they? Yeah, I was like,
3: I've only sent 76 tweets today. What's she talking about? Um... <laughs>
0: Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose
3: one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. (laughs) Then I suppose the main one, and the one that I compare a lot of the time to eavesdropping, is reading online forums about myself. To me, it feels like if you walk into a bathroom, and you hear someone in the stalls talking about you, or you're in the stall and you hear people talking about you and you don't cough or you don't make any move to let them know that you're there. But actually, it's not, right? So to your point, it's more like seeing a sign on a bathroom door going, private conversation about Rosemary McCabe, and immediately barreling in and then hiding in a stall. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not not quite as accidental. Like, I do go there on purpose. You know what I mean? I have to type in the URL. And actually, Beatrice, yesterday... I suddenly started to think about this because I was getting, like, I've been getting very in my head about the stuff that I've read people saying about me. And I've really been letting it affect what I've been writing and what I've been doing. And I've been feeling really, like, paralyzed with, oh, my God, what are they going to think about this? And what are they going to think about this? And they're going to say something about this. And, like, maybe they're right about this. Because a lot of what they say is, like, feeding into my own insecurities, right? And then I suddenly was thinking about yesterday. I was like... I wonder if Emma Gannon, right, who's this English podcaster and writer who has a substack and wrote a thing the other day about how she makes six figures on her substack. I was like, I highly doubt Emma Gannon is going onto forums or even like searching her name on Twitter or even responding or reading people's tweets giving out about her or her work. Or like, and then I was thinking, I was like, why am I aiming for Emma Gannon? What about Nora Ephron? Highly doubt Nora Ephron gave a shit about what people thought about her.
2: I think there's a difference. No, there's a difference from what you're saying there. You can go on and read it and take the constructive parts, like if you were to say, you read some of it, the part that feeds into your insecurities, right? But if there's parts about, oh, you know, the content is all focused on this and, you know, I'd like to see more. And sometimes they do write that in a bitchy way, right? But like, what about Mariah Carey? Not that I'm obsessed with her. I am recently, but every interview I read with her, she's like, she is just one wry, scathing chuckle away from giving zero shits about her, everybody who has something negative to say about her. She's like, why would I care? No,
3: well, I'm that's basically what I was about caring. to say. And, and I was like, any, like anybody who, who's produced anything that I like or like, you know, books that I love or writers whose newsletters I love, I'm sure their newsletters would be so much worse for them worrying constantly about what their detractors were th- and what people who say from the get go, I don't like this person. And now I have something to say about their work. And you're like, well, if you don't like that person, you're obviously not going to be going, that was amazing. That was an incredible piece of work. Like they're doing a great job.
2: I was thinking about this as well yesterday, because I started following a load of furniture restoration people on um, Instagram, Instagram. Yeah. And cleaning, you know, cleaner, like what would you call them? Cleaning people. I mean, they're all about, you know, crazy home cleaning techniques. If this was on TikTok, we'd
3: call them clean talk.
2: Clean talk, right. And I bought a load of um oh look, I have it right here actually. An organisa- I-, I was in the supermarket the other day, I was like, I'd love to get a magazine. Secrets of getting organized. Who am I? Right? You know, I'm going through like a big mm. purge of my house and tidying everything up. It's very it's very satisfying. And yet then I turn my back for two seconds and the thing's a total mess again. I'm like, what what is the point? But anyway, I was reading through some, and so they pick up, you know, these Facebook marketplace pieces of furniture that like nobody's ever going to look at again. And if they were not
3: to buy
2: them for $60 or $50 or whatever, there would be like, they'd be in the bin or they'd be in the back of somebody's house, you know. But the amount of people who truly are just looking to complain, and like, I know I sound, you know, everybody's heard this before, but it's kind of shocking because I we all go to the comments because it is the most entertaining place. Yeah, you, know, you watch yeah. a great video and you immediately go, I wonder what people have to say about this. But the yeah. amount of negative comments, another beautiful piece ruined, another heirloom painted. And you're like, okay, I don't necessarily love the choice of mm-hmm. paint color or whatever, but it looks way better than it looked like. Do not pretend that that flaking, dirty varnish was attractive. And it also it's not actually an antique you know what I mean it's just an old piece yeah, of furniture yeah a I
3: know difference. what you mean and like a lot of the time the ones they're complaining about they're like can't believe you ruined this you're like it's not even wood that's like a veneer you know what I mean and like somebody has sanded it down and then like painted it with paint that makes it look like wood and it looks so much better yeah people do want, want to complain And like
2: a lot of it is also can't believe you would put poly on this everybody knows that wax is the only way call yourself a restorer And then the next person goes, can't believe you're so rude. Can't believe you're, I'm like, why are people fighting in this like downtown, the equivalent of like the old town square forum? They're all on there. Like, can you imagine? Maybe you can, but I can't imagine. I mean, apart from anything else, like even just writing an angry email gets my blood pressure so high, you know, like it stresses me out so much. I almost pass out. Like if I have to write a complaint email or I have to tell somebody something that they don't want to hear, like it's, you know, hot sweats and cold sweats and trembling all like I cannot imagine writing an angry comment and then waiting to be berated I'd be like I couldn't cope with it it's like the zombie apocalypse I'd just lie down and like be eaten
3: well when I used to be more of a rabble rouser on Twitter and I used to not really write angry comments but I would like if somebody said something that I thought was stupid I'd immediately go eh that's stupid you know what I mean and say it to them right when I was in my very early 20s I was an arsehole
2: No wonder all these men loved you, all these, no, I don't mean the book, all these celebrity men loved you. They love being taken down a peg or two, (laughs) men do, and celebrities in in particular.
3: Yeah, celebrities, that's their kryptonite. Um, But there used to be like, you'd have this moment of adrenaline where you'd be like, I've just pressed send and now I'm waiting to see what people are going to say. And there would be a kind of a thrilling, terrifying, a frisson of terror as I waited for people to respond. So there was, like, there was something kind of, like, there is something yeah. kind of addictive about it. You know what I mean? There's something sure there is. that gives you I'm this, sure like, is, yeah. feedback. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Have you ever overheard people talking about you?
2: Well, if I have, I've blocked it out. But, I mean, that's very in character, you know? Like, I i mean, i have ever heard anybody complimenting me in private probably, probably remember that? Like, it's probably printed <laughs> out and framed somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they, they said this, overheard in the hallway. No, but... Um, what we used to do, what what the company that I used to work for did is every year they would have an annual survey. And with this survey would come a load of comments. So like it was, you know, a, how happy are, are the associates? What It's called an engagement survey, like how happy is everybody in the company? How engaged are they with their work? How motivated? How happy are they with their compensation, et cetera? And it was all about like hitting a certain benchmark or a threshold and then kind of identifying the areas that you're not doing so well in as a manager or even as a, you know, as a Corporation as a company, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then building out plans to to kind of improve those areas. You know, especially if you have any like mega negative areas or areas that saw a big decrease from the previous year, you kind of go like, "Why? What happened?" Et cetera, et cetera. and there was a, an area of um, for comments, right? In each of these, so everybody would would be encouraged to write comments. But some of the comments in that now, honestly, like really did affect me because you know, again, they were anonymous. So you try not to focus on who wrote them, yeah. which, you know, being a human being, it's it's hard as well because you're being told, fix these problems. Here are anonymous comments that are kind of usually relatively vague. And so, you know, if you're t- really trying to fix something, you're going, well, I need to dig deeper into this. So I kind of need to identify who it is so that I can Yeah, so I can talk to
3: like, them and sit down with them and...
2: Yeah, and get the context because, you know, you writing a one-liner, like it's like what, you know, max 150 characters, whatever... Doesn't necessarily explain to me what the issue is. But anyway, so most, and like a lot of them were, you know, business related. So you're not going to take them so personally, but that was kind of frustrating. Like you're trying to, you're trying to solve problems for people who are obviously very frustrated without really having, kind of having one hand tied behind your back or both hands tied behind your back. But then every now and then there would just be a comment that was like, this one is a bitch. Think she's the bee's knees and flying around on her broomstick. You know, there were a couple like that, you know, with her flying monkeys, et cetera, right? And those were really, like, hurtful because I think also the anonymity amplified them.
3: You I was know, about to say, like, I think there's something very disorienting about not knowing who thinks that. And, and because, yes, you, like, you can't correct it. You're like, oh, my God, who have I been coming across that way to? And then also, like, is it this person who I think is quite friendly with me in the office? Do you know what I mean? That you have no idea who it is and it could be anyone.
2: Yeah. And it it is different from the online because the online, you kind of go, I assume I don't know this person, right? If I do know this person, I can't be spending time worrying about it because like, if I have a friend who hates me enough to go on a forum and write negative things about me, like that's just, that's actually their problem more than my problem. Mm. Right. So I assume that they're people who don't really know me and just don't like me and that's life. Right. But when you're, you know, you're working with, I don't know, a hundred people and two or three of them write really negative things. You start seeing that in everybody. You start wondering. Yeah. Who is it like, you know, not, and again, it's not because you're going, I need to know who these three people are so that I can, you know, wreak revenge. It's more because you're, it really does, it does hinder you from being yourself. So you start going mm-hmm. like, oh, my sense of humor is being misinterpreted. I'll never make a joke again, you yeah. know, or <sighs> As I'm coming. No, but I mean, you do like some of the no, things I know, were I know. definitely, you know, misinterpretations or, you know, maybe my jokes were inappropriate or they certainly were. In some cases, received in a way that they were absolutely not intended. I did cut out sarcasm in the office, you know, many years ago, because you just can't. Like you cannot be sarcastic. It's it is kind of a form of bullying if you're senior somebody, you know, because you assume they're taking this kind of slightly mean like it's not intent, it's not a mean spirited, but like it's a mean approach you know, in service of humor. So you're like, kind of like thinking, oh, we're all equals. We can all take this joke, but they're thinking you're my manager. And now you've criticized me or humiliated me. And like, you know, yourself, mm-hmm. your best friends, like not all of them can take sarcasm, you know, depending on the day, not all of us can take sarcasm well from our best friends, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you think about it's your manager, you might be having a crap day. It could be in front of somebody's, it could be something you're already self-conscious about. It could be in front of a ton of people that you're really embarrassed to be brought up in front of etc
3: and and it could just be hitting a nerve right it could just be hitting a nerve of something that you're paranoid about or that you're worried about or that you're feeling like you're not performing well or whatever it is or you could just not appreciate
2: sarcasm right you could just be like this one's a bitch why would she say that Mm because like there is a difference between Irish sarcasm American sarcasm like there's a whole cultural thing as well you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um So anyway, I cut out sarcasm and then it became very earnest. So then it was like, you know, knock, knock jokes. Then I was like, I'll cut out the knock, knock jokes. What do you mean? You are doing knock, knock jokes in the office? No, no. I mean, I'm (laughs) I'm joking. Like the equivalent of, you know, a very kind of straightforward humor. And you're like, I'll cut that out. Then people were like, she thinks everything's hilarious. Always making jokes. You're like, I'll stop making jokes, you know? And it's, I don't know. I feel like there should be some kind of guidelines around this feedback it needs to be constructive it can't be purely you know disparaging
3: personality based
2: yeah it you know because mm. I mean you're, you're not going to like everybody but it also yeah, has yeah. to be constructive in some way that is intended to help somebody but anyway so that was like definitely overhearing and I mean that definitely got into my head a lot and then of course you know because you don't notice the good comments you know there are mm. a lot of positive comments always you know and you're just like yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, And then one negative comment, that's it. Like, oh, I'm crap.
3: There's actually a term for it. I was just listening to a podcast by Eva Moore called Trolled. It's a new podcast where she interviews people who post on these forums and she interviews like influencers who've been affected by them. And she also interviewed, it was a really sad episode where she interviewed a woman whose daughter had died by suicide after being cyberbullied. But in one of them, she was talking about actually one of the influencers, Eva Devlin... Was saying that somebody posted on a forum basically going, I know what she's going to call her baby. Like, you know, her baby name is X. And the person was right, but she'd only told like three people. So she knew then that it was somebody she was close to who was posting about her. And that must be really freaky. Or was
2: confiding in the wrong person.
3: Well, maybe, yeah. But like she knew it was somebody in a, you know, in her circle or in the circle around that. You know what I mean? Was somebody close-ish to her.
2: That's tough. You know, unless you're Colleen Rooney and then you take that person to court, you win and then you turn up on the cover of Vogue. So, I mean, there's also an upside to some of this where you can come out the victor, you know, I mean, that not was that just, it's a competition.
3: Remember that day, Wagatha Christie. I remember it well on Twitter. I wish for a day like that again. There's no gossip these days. I miss Wagatha Christie and I miss um, Bloggers Unveiled. Those are the truly so golden So now you're era. on the other
2: side of it. You're saying you don't enjoy being the target of it, but you love reading about it.
3: I love reading gossip where it's like somebody did something ridiculous, or like there was an Irish blogger at one stage who was photoshopping seagulls into all of her Instagram photos, right? and somebody was like, "This seagull is the exact same shape as this seagull," and they figured it out. And I was like, "That's funny, right?" But if you're posting, going, "Oh my god, she's such a dickhead," you know, like she's such a loser. Look what she just said. I don't, I don't find that amusing. But I find the things where it's like somebody did something ridiculous amusing. That's that's my personal line. It's it's rather I mean, fuzzy. I'll agree.
2: That seagull's is amazing. In fairness,
3: oh, it was so good. It was so good. Or there was another Irish blogger who was frequently being asked what tan she used, right? And she was always going like, "Oh my god, I don't use tan." Actually, um, my dad is foreign, right? My dad is foreign, so he's very. And she was always using these like very dark emojis. And then somebody took a photo of her going into a tanning bed,
2: <laughs> and that was on blockers unveiled. Well, she was clearly ahead of her time. She was ahead of her time. Look at the Kardashians.
3: Uh, I think this is probably around the same time as them, to be honest.
2: I'm talking about they're out now. Your, Kim only got called out for blackfishing again last week.
3: Oh, listen, they're nonstop.
2: Yeah, they are. It's non You can't keep up with them. But I mean, again, you know, everybody's kind of outrage seems to have semi-passed on those things. It's like, oh, she's at it again. She's uncancellable.
3: Well, I was just about to say, she's, she's unflappable as well. I think it's because everybody's outrage, it never affects her. You know what I mean? Like, she has never... I, that I know of, stepped forward and gone, oh, you know what? You're right. That is cultural appropriation. I'm sorry. She just doesn't seem to give a shit.
2: I think she did, actually. I think she does. She comes on, she goes, I'm so sorry. I. When that time she did her hair in cornrows or something, but then she said, I do it for my daughter to help her feel.
3: Oh, I don't think she, she apologized like... for that. I thought she was just like, it's fashion.
2: No, well, recently she did it again, but I think she said something like, I do this to help my daughter feel like she's not alone in this, etc. And then people were outraged. But that goes circles all the way back round to not caring, right? To letting it just, to not allowing it to affect you. Because I mean, there has to be, what is the benefit of listening to people? I mean, there is a similarity between that, the engagement survey, you know, the tattle threads, et cetera. Mm. What is the, will people who are writing kind of really negative comments about you or, you know, hate you as a what would you call it, like as a concept? Because they don't mm-hmm, know you as mm-hmm. a person, yeah. you know what I mean? And probably if they met you, they'd be totally different, right? This whole anonymity of the internet and sort of depersonalizing, dehumanizing people as you talk about them would, might actually like you, right? When they meet I mean, not you, but they might like no, me. No, one, they yeah. actually oh, to know me. No, sake. just me. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah. Like, is there any benefit to engaging or are you ever going to change people's minds?
3: No, I don't think so. And actually, that's something that my friend Kirsty says. Because I remember years ago on boards, I created a profile and would occasionally comment and and I would say like, "Hi, this is me. This is Rosemary." You know, actually, you misunderstood that, or what I meant was this. And there was just no the, like, you could never. No explanation was good enough, or nothing I said. But or, like, do or, they
2: want? But do they? I do so. Like you, you know what I mean? It's no, part no, no. Of no the I don't enjoyment think so. Is the group? slagging off of, you know.
3: Yeah, it's like the kind of gross enjoyment of hate-watching someone. But sorry, to your point that if they met me, they might like me. You know, I recently found out that a guy I dated, because I wrote about him in my book and somebody contacted me and was like, I think I dated him too, blah, blah, blah. A guy I dated before he met me basically used to hate-watch me and used to talk to his then-girlfriend and go, oh my God, see what Rosemary McCabe's doing? She's such a loser. Like, look at the state of this. Look at the state of her here, blah, blah, blah. Then we met on tinder and we ended up dating and like i do believe that he did like me but i think now that the first date he went on was just like oh my god this is going to be gas
2: yeah but also rosemary that goes all the way back to the playground where girls are told he's only kicking you because he fancies you right which i mean but it's such an excuse for somebody to kick you accept those kicks because he actually fancies you no sorry you're like if he's rude to me then he doesn't get to Fancy me or have a second chance with me. Well, right? yes, in theory. Yes. now that I'm yeah, I 44, now. yeah, tell my eight year old self, right? Who's probably like, <laughs> Sorry, I tell got my 28 year old self. <laughs> no, tell my eight year old self, he kicked me. Yes, his foot came in contact with me willingly. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's intentional eavesdropping, there's chafe your cheek against the wall eavesdropping. That sounds like the kind of you would like. And then there's just like, is eavesdropping ever good? No, but can you actually not do it? Can you tear yourself away from the desire to, to understand what people are trying to say about you, what they think about you? Like, would we all just be much better off giving zero shits?
3: We would. And like that whole thing that it's like, what other people think of you is none of your business.
2: Or as my therapist says, you're not responsible for what other people think about you. You can't help what other people think about you. It's not that it's none of your business. But it doesn't shouldn't inf- affect you because you're not responsible for it.
3: Hmm, that's a good point. But the whole the whole thing this episode has left me with is a strong desire for a wall, scratchy enough to scratch myself on.
2: You do love having your back scratched, do you not? Uh, scratch your back against the door frames like many children in my house do.
3: No, that's not scratchy enough.
2: Bo rubs himself like pulls himself up and down against the back of the door frame.
3: No, 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 no. I'd like a whole wall of sandpaper. Anyway, listen. On which note, thank you so much for listening to Not Without My Sister. You can get us on Instagram at not without my sister, on Patreon, patreon.com slash not without my sister, and individually on Instagram at Rosemary McCabe and at Beatrice McCabe. Lots of thrilling content there for you to enjoy.
2: That would actually also be an amazing deterrent to evil eavesdroppers or what was it? Sievesdroppers, sinister eavesdropping. In my next office, if I have one, I'm going to frame, clad the door frame with sandpaper and then we'll see when people press their cheeks up for a good listen what they want
3: like we know who it was cheese grater face over there (laughs) cheese grater face no wonder people hate you at work if those are the nicknames you're giving
2: (laughs) thank you rosemary on that note thanks everybody seeds dropping keeps dropping you know you do you
3: sound and original music by Don Kirkland and our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen.
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five-in-one gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, Crannies, edges, and curves, without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom spray five and one only from Rustolium. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.